Hello and welcome to The Cigar Cast, your one-stop weekly shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. As usual, I am one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, and I'm joined as always by Shane Reeves. How are you? Doing good tonight. A uh, very warm night, a little breezy. I think spring is finally, truly upon us. I hope so. And we may get a little rain tonight during the podcast. Um, we're under a tin roof on my porch. So if you hear something that sounds like bacon frying, don't pay any attention to it. It's just a little <laughs> rain shower coming through. Um, so I do want to start off the top of the show. I know we normally get right into the cigars, but listeners may have noticed that our intro music was a little bit different this week. Uh, we're paying tri- tribute to the late, great Avo Vazian, who unfortunately passed away uh, the day after we recorded last week's episode. So we didn't get to give him proper tribute that time, but I definitely wanted to make mention of... A, a true legend, not only in the this industry, but also the music industry, and, and just a larger-than-life individual. Great guy. I've loved his story ever since I heard it. You know, he was 89 years old when he passed away, and he spent the majority of his life in a cigar lounge, smoking cigars, playing the piano. I, I can't think of anything he's done wrong. Right, and, you know, if you look at him, even up until recently you know he just he looks like the patriarch of a cigar family he's he embodies that what i consider to be that characteristic very very well probably more than anybody else well and if you haven't laid your hands on a fogata yet um it's the avo fogata f-o-g-a-t-a forgot about it if you yeah nicaraguan (laughs) if you haven't um Laid your hands on one of those and smoked yet. That's just an amazing cigar. That's by far my favorite cigar that's ever come out of that factory. I've got to say, uh, one of my go-to cigars is the the Heritage, the Avo Heritage. I love that cigar, and um, it, it's kind of going to be a shame that we're that the uh, he's not going to have his hand in the special editions uh, that come out, but. Um, Unfortunately, neither of us are smoking an Avo cigar tonight, but uh, Shane, why don't you tell us what you are smoking? So I've talked about this cigar on the show um, last week, and I've, ta- I've brought it up several other times. It's a CAO Conciliary, and the CAO Conciliary used to be the Sopranos cigar. When they had the Sopranos TV series, they made the Sopranos cigar. It's a Nicaraguan, but it has a Brazilian wrapper on it, one of the only Brazilians I smoke. And I'm smoking a pretty large one tonight. This thing's about six inches long, and it's torpedo-shaped, which is really unusual. Usually at this size, you get more Churchill. Right. Um, now, I, please tell me that the name of that size is the Dawn. <laughs> Actually, this one is the Boss. Oh, they have, okay. um, Yeah, the Boss is a 7.0 by 56. They have the Associate, which is a little smaller, which is 5 by 52. And then they have the Soldier, which is a 6 by 54. Okay, so they they went the opposite route for it. (laughs) Yeah, they went the the opposite road of it. But the wonderful thing is when they took the Sopranos name off of it, they stopped having to pay royalties to HBO. Hence, we get a cheaper cigar. Now, I I don't remember if I asked this last week or not, which who knows. Uh, (laughs) Is it the exact same blend as the Sopranos? Yes and no. Okay. When it was the Sopranos cigar, it was under the old CAO. Okay. That was before General bought CAO. So, yes, it's the same blend, but it has been the generalized. General. Yeah, but not as bad. This it's still a very good cigar. I can't say that General lost anything in the quality of this cigar. That's fantastic. So what are you smoking tonight? I am smoking uh, one of the unsung heroes of your local tobacco shop, and it's the Jaime Garcia Reserva Special. It's uh, part of the My Father Factory, Don Pepin Garcia Blended. Uh, It's so rich, so spicy. It's everything I love about My Father's Cigars. And it's just one of those that you see it on the shelf pretty much anywhere that you're going to find My Father's Cigars. You're going to see this one. And usually you're going to see the box about half full because those who know smoke it and those who don't walk right by it because it's pretty unassuming. Um, I am smoking the Bellicoso. And similar to last week, it is a Connecticut Broadleaf, although this is a Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro. Uh, It has Honduran binder, uh, but Nicaraguan filler. And that's a good cigar. I've had that one. Um, actually, I'll reach for those to use for our poker ante. 
on a lot of occasions. Our poker game's always an $8 cigar at least. And I'll read before or after tax. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe I had to clarify that for one of our poker players, but um, before tax. But I know that when I put that in the box, if I don't win, somebody's going to take home a good cigar. And if I do win, that I'm going to take home a good cigar. And one of the things, I haven't even lit it yet, but as soon as you put this cigar in your mouth, you can feel the spice on your lips. And for me, that's something that, especially after a long day of work or a long week or whatever it is, it's just nice to just start the enjoyment of the cigar even before you've lit it. Well, and that's something, you know, we've never spoken with our listeners about, but the cold draw, the benefits of the cold draw. um, Very few people do it, but you can always tell your more educated smoker because they'll they'll cut their cigar and they'll just go ahead and draw it without actually lighting it. What that does, one, I'm always verifying how my draw is going to be on that cigar. And I'll tell you, uh, as someone who's worked in a shop, you know, if someone cuts their cigar, draws on it, and realizes before they've even lit it that it's not going to be a good cigar, it depends on how much of a regular you are. Like, I've known some people that'll cut it again, and then the employee will draw on it just for verification or whatnot. But that's the best time, if you think your cigar's not going to live up to your expectations, to say... All right, so clearly I'm not trying to get away with a free cigar, but this isn't going to do it for me. And it's that's the opportunity when you're still standing at the counter to get a swap if you need it, um, if you've got a bad cigar. Well, and these are handmade products, and everybody has a bad day, and occasionally you're going to get the cigar that he had the day, that he rolled the day his girlfriend dumped him. Right. I mean, that's just part of life. That's actually part of the joy of cigars is... You can kind of feel what the roller was going through at some point. I may be getting a little too esoteric, but you really can't. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's. we've talked about the artisanship of cigars many times, and I think that this, that's a perfect example of that, which is that, you know, the... And again, going kind of back to Avo, is that you can feel the spirit, and you can feel the artisanship, and you can feel um, what was going on at the time that that cigar was rolled or, or whatever. Um, if or or maybe you just like to smoke. <laughs> well, and I really would like to say on the Avo, one thing I do want to comment on, if I have someone that wants a top quality cigar and doesn't want to bust their budget, it's hard not to point them to the Avo. It really is. And it's funny, about 10 years ago or so, um, you know, Avos scared me uh, from a price point standpoint. Um, they were kind of the top of the mark uh, just because they were distributed by Davidoff and there was just that certain level. It was a level above what I was smoking at the time. So I remember going to an event with the uh, Memphis Area Puffer Society. I was a member of a cigar club when I lived down there and um, got to sample some of their stuff at the time. Uh, the X or whatever became the XO. I don't remember what it was called at the time. You know, and just getting to experience new cigars that way. Um, ever since, you know, the rest of the market has kind of grown a little bit, but from a price point standpoint, Avo hasn't jumped that high. So now they're right, right around average, and they're a great, great cigar for anybody, any um, experience level or palate. And the, you know, Avos, always when I had them before, because I'm like you, when I started smoking, they were just a little on the upper end of my scale. But as I would go to events and find box deals where, you know, you buy a box and you get five for free, well, then you can start bringing them back down into your price range much more easily. And that's what I love about cigar events and things like that is because it gives you an opportunity to get outside your wheelhouse and comfort level without breaking the bank or, you know. I think that's the first time I had a Soprano cigar was at a CAO event about, uh, I guess it was about eight years ago or so. Well, and that kind of leads us toward the topic we're talking about tonight. If you're going to be buying boxes of cigars at events, you're going to need somewhere to keep them. That's right. Um, You know, when you first start smoking cigars, using the house cutter and lighter, you know, is really easy. And then then as you realize it's going to be a hobby that you're going to get into, you start investing in lighters and cutters and... Then the next logical step is a humidor. And when you're choosing your humidor, 
there's a lot of factors that we're going to talk about, a lot of things that we're going to discuss as it pertains to how you're going to use the humidor and what you can use the humidor for. You can use the humidor for, it's more than just one place to keep all your cigars together. Although that's the big, and that's what you want your the first primary focus to be, uh, is is how, for me, when I'm looking at a humidor, how many cigars do I want to be able to hold? That's the first thing I look at. And if you're a novice cigar smoker, maybe a 20 count is fine for now. Um, if you're someone, I don't think these days I would buy anything less than 100 just because I've got some four-year-old cigars that I've been aging and I've got some things that I want, you know, enough space that it can breathe but also my regular rotation can live there as well. I know you just got a new humidor recently. I did. There was a shop going out of business in our local area, and they put all their big cabinet humidors up for sale, and I went and purchased one of them at a deal. Um, and we're, later on, I want to talk about the reason why I chose to purchase a commercial-grade humidor um, for my cigars. And it's But let's start at the beginning. First humidor that a man should own. In most cases, I have found that it's usually going to be a gift. Um, a humidor is one of those things that you can get by with for a time, and no one likes to buy one for themselves. Uh, but if you if you are going to either buy a humidor for somebody or buy one for yourself as your first humidor, you cannot go wrong with a... They go by a couple of different names, a travel humidor, a herfador, um but they, they're basically pelican cases or, um, that hold anywhere from, you can get them 5, 10, 15 up to, I think mine's a 40 count. And those are great cases. You know, I have a, I have a 40 count that I use when I'm going on a long trip and I want to bring, because I never know. You always hope that when you get there, they'll have cigars for sale, but a great travel tip I never buy cigars in the Caribbean. I'm going to the Caribbean next month. I'm going to spend some time down there. But their humidity is so high so often. To me, their cigars have a little bit of a moldy flavor to them. Not to mention that, but my experience with Caribbean cigars has been that they they rely so heavily on the, the fact that Americans can't buy Cubans in the States that you end up with a lot of... Uh, counterfeit Cubans or real Cubans that are so expensive that they're just not worth it. Yeah, and, you know, now Grey Cliff, that's made in the Bahamas. Uh And um, I've had several Grey Cliffs, and actually when I go this time, I need to just pick up a box and bring them back and get them to the right humidity and see how they taste. I'm just I'm just scared that they'll be so humidified they'll throw off the humidity in my entire humidor. Right. Well, I mean... You know, the, the thing I love about the 40 count is that I've actually got one as well. Mine was, I bought, used to be able to buy, you may still be able to, I don't remember, uh, the special ops um, from Gurkha. And it came in a travel humidor uh, with a, a knife that I still use for fishing um, and a little challenge coin. It, you know, it was a little bit gimmicky, but the thing is, you buy a box of cigars for about the price of a regular box of cigars, and you get this travel humidor with it. It's got these foam trays that you can hold about 20 cigars, but if you're like me and you buy a lot of cigars and things like that and you're moving them around, you take those trays out, it'll it'll hold, um, we're, we're calling it a 40 count, but I think I've had upwards of probably 60 in there, depending on the size and arrangement. And it all depends on your your level of um, comfort hauling cigars around. I never take the little um, individual holders out because I'm scared that I'll drop it and my cigars will be banging against each other. Now, I will say my wife and I purchased separate. I also have little 12-count humidors. And I keep one in my truck all the time, just so if I want a cigar and I'm out, I've got some there with me. Mm-hmm. And I just throw one of the Bovita Humida packs in there. They're super easy. You can buy them a couple of bucks, and they just do a great job. They really do. And they're marketed as being disposable, and they absolutely are. Um, I have found if you throw one of those in like a Tupperware container with a shot glass full of distilled water, it will re 
rehydrate. And you can do that once before it really, I mean, they're not meant for that, but if it's just one of those situations where you find yourself, you know, making a trip to Arizona and it just zaps you dry and, and you need some way to limp back home, it's a great way to um, gain an extra couple of days of humidity. But I will say I would not ever put my wife's cigars in with mine because hers are flavored. And in that sealed up travel humidor environment, you're going to get some leakage from one cigar to the other. It is true. And in a lot of good shops, you'll notice that they keep the flavored stuff very separate from the regular stuff. And along that point, I know there are a lot of guys that don't necessarily finish a cigar in the same sitting in which they start it. I cannot stress enough how important it is not to put a half-smoked cigar back in your humidor. It will ruin, and I mean ruin, every other cigar that's in there. My wife put one that someone had given her, and she smoked about, you know, three puffs off of it, and it wasn't flavored, so it wasn't something she was going to finish. And she put it into our travel humidor. And, uh, of course, the cigars that were in there, luckily there was only two or three, but they were immediately destroyed. Yeah. And I had to finally take and fill it with baking soda. I washed it out good, and I filled it with baking soda. I shut it, I sealed it, and I left it shut for several days, opened it up, dumped the baking soda out, and was able to save that humidor. And I've, I've actually run into something like that similar recently where... Uh, just because my travel humidor when I was a rep would go into every shop with me, so I'd open it in a smoky shop and that, and rides in the car and all that stuff. Uh, it was beginning to smell very smoky and that stale smoke smell that no one likes. And I had to do the same thing. Even though I'd never put a pre-lit or a formerly lit cigar in there, I, I still had to do that same thing because it was getting to a point where it just opened that up and you could just smell that, that you know, six-month-old stale cigar smoke smell, which I don't care how much you like cigars, that's not a good smell. So, okay, we've got our travel humidor. We've had it. We're ready to get something that we just keep at home. We, you know, pick up a few nice cigars here and there. What's our step up? What's our next step up? Something that looks pretty. I, I know it sounds weird, but, you know, if you're getting to the point where you're buying a secondary or maybe even an aging humidor, you're going to want something that you enjoy to look at that gives you a sense of happiness when when you see it there and maybe you're thinking about all of the cigars that you've got in there or whatever, or maybe it's something that you, you display prominently. You want it to look the part. Um, and just about every cigar shop in the country is going to have a, at least a half a dozen at any given point in time. Um, varying degrees of size or cost or anything like that. Price range on that, probably 60 to 120 You know, I, I don't think you have to go to a $300 humidor to enjoy it. I don't think you do. There is one thing that you can do before you leave the shop to make sure that you, regardless of the price, that your investment is well heated, and um, that's called the dollar bill test. Are you familiar with this? I am. Go ahead. I have uh, some thoughts on the dollar bill. Oh, test. okay. Um, this is something that, you know, the, the, the trademark of a good humidor, and this is what makes those travel humidors so good, is the fact that they latch shut and they have a pressure release valve um, so that they're truly airtight at all times. Well, the, the, the mark of a good humidor is being airtight because um, you don't want the humidity to escape or enter, depending on your climate. And so you take a dollar bill, or a five or ten, doesn't matter, and uh, you shut the lid on it from the front. And so you got it about halfway in the humidor, and you pull on it. And you should, it should take significant effort to pull the dollar bill out from between the lid and the box of the humidor. Uh, and that's that's what tells you you've got a really good seal. Plus, once you season the humidor and all that cedar is is full of humidity, um, that's just going to enhance the effectiveness of that seal. And that's something important to remember, the dollar bill test. You should feel some resistance as you're pulling it, and there should almost be a tongue-in-a-groove type setup in a quality cigar. If you're just going flat wood to flat wood, you're not going to get a great seal. 
and I've tried several times to improve that seal, you know, use a piece of rubber or something like that, and it's just not, it doesn't work. There should be a tongue and groove type um, setup on the on the inside of the humidor that tells you if that is a good humidor or not. And that's the thing, you know, one of the quote-unquote humidors that I have is uh, formerly an Esteban Carrera cigar box. And it's a beautiful box, and I use it as a humidor for some of my quick rotation. The, I keep it right by... I'm doing everything wrong. It sits right by the door. Um, so it gets the cold and the dry winter air. It gets the hot and the humid summer air. And it doesn't have that tongue and groove. It's just flat. And it um, it keeps well enough because I'm in it all the time and I keep it maintained. But if I were to... Uh, try and age something in that humidor it just it just wouldn't end up working and we're going to talk about aging cigars and how that works as we kind of carry on in this conversation now the next step to your humidor is going to be a standalone unit would be a cabinet style but what do you think of chest style humidors um so you'll you'll have to You'll have to define the delineation you're making there for me. So cabinet versus chest. Chest, you know, um, I have several guys I know that have bought these chest styles. You can get a 5,000, you know, stick chest style humidor that for very little money. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be stacked in a chest. It looks like a steamer trunk. Right. Yeah. And the the thing with that is quality. Because if you're going to make the investment and put, you know, several hundred cigars in this thing you want to make sure that your investment is protected you also want to make your investment at that point being the cigars but you also want to make sure that it's not going to leak that it's um i like one with drawers when it comes to that large a humidor i want something that's going to have drawers in it in fact i had a very good friend in atlanta who built his own he was a handyman and one of the greatest woodworkers i've ever had the pleasure of watching work and he built himself a chest humidor that had four soft closed drawers and it had area for boxes and wine and stuff in the box. I mean, it was it was fantastic. And please, everyone out there, if you hear nothing else out of this podcast, hear this. Do not store your cigars in the refrigerator. No. Uh, your your cigars and your palate will thank you greatly. The problem with a humidor with with Storing them in the refrigerator is number one; they're too cold. Number two, it is so stinking humid in a refrigerator. Yeah, you it just it's a and plus you have it's opened you know fifteen twenty times a day, as well as there's always new flavors and scents. I don't care even if you seal them up in a Ziploc bag, you're still going to get some infiltration, and just I've every new cigar smoker that i've ever talked to somebody said oh yeah you ought to store them in your cigar in your refrigerator and who is this guy i would like to find this guy and break his kneecaps and where did he get that information all i can figure is it's a rogue cigar store owner and he figures the more they ruin the more they'll come by from him probably (laughs) i don't know i don't know how that works but stay away from putting your cigars in the refrigerator now Oh, that, that being said, you know, there's not always the necessity to go out and buy a humidor. I mean, everyone talks about the, the cedar lined and, you know, the decorative tops and things like that. There's a little bit of a new way of going through the industry right now, which is the, the Tupper door. And I think, honestly, this was birthed by the cigar reps who always keep their cigars in a cooler in their car because they're driving around, at least here in the southeast, you know, it gets hot and humid. So you store them in a cooler, it kind of helps maintain a little bit. So what I know a lot of guys are doing now is buying those Rubbermaid tubs that you can get, you know, in Walmart or any other um, store of the kind. And getting some trays and putting some full boxes and just using the the crystal jars as long as it's airtight as long as it's in a cool dark place and as long as it's properly humidified it you're going to be fine yeah and it's all in the amount of effort and the amount of investment you have in your cigars you know if you're if you're looking to store a 20 count you know um package of the house blend that costs you you know 70 80 bucks may not need a four or five hundred dollar humidor 
But now if you're going to put a box of padrones away to smoke, you know, at the birth of your next child, then you probably need to go ahead and put out the money. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's it's true with cigars, although not always, but it's the same with accessories and with humidors. You get what you pay for. I will tell everyone, though, here's the best way to get a super high-quality humidor. Rocky Patel does events, and they bring these humidors and one of them, the one I have, is a leather one, and it's beautiful. But you buy three boxes of cigars, and you get this humidor. Yes, that's a big investment. You know, you're talking about a $350, $400 investment by the time you buy three boxes of Patels. But if you like Rocky Patels, and you're going to smoke them anyway, and you take the cost of what that humidor is, you've really got your per stick price way down. Not to mention the fact that you also buy a box, get five cigars free, or or some semblance of that. So you you know you're adding fifteen or so cigars to that. So now even more so. And my my Rocky Patel leather humidor that I have, it's all leather veneer on it, and it's actually leather on leather where it meets. That is the best-selling humidor I own because I have, I have my big cabinet humidor that sits in the public where the public can see it, and then I have my um, my private humidor where I keep my more expensive, my twenty-dollar and over cigars. They go in the Patel. Yeah, uh, you know it's. I love that that they do that because. Most of the times you go to events and things, they give away cigars or ashtrays or lighters and things like that. But a branded humidor, you're going to look at that every time you go to smoke a cigar, regardless of what's in your box. It's an excellent piece of marketing. Now, when we come back from the break, we've covered kind of the types of humidors. Let's talk about seasoning them. Let's talk about getting the one, the humidor ready for cigars. We'll be right back after this. The Cigar Cast presents Cigar Etiquette Tip of the Week. Hi, this is Tim Hall with a tip for how to treat a rep at an event. Your rep is your biggest fan. He wants to do things for you that unfortunately he can't always do. But give him the chance to make the best deal for you and be happy with what you get. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm Shane Reeves, still sitting here with Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. We've been talking mostly about humidors so far this evening, and uh, I want to encourage everybody, uh, you know, we're talking about different types, cabinets, chests, travels, Tupper doors, anything you've got, as long as it's not your refrigerator, send us a picture of it. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook um, at the Cigar Cast on the first two, and then Facebook.com slash the Cigar Cast. Um, we'd love to see what you're smoking out of. And I'll, I'll post a picture of my new one, and I have um, Austin gave me this beautiful Arturo Fuente sign that lights up above it. It's almost the centerpiece of my living room, the way it's set up. It's really turned out nice. You might be the only man in America who has a wife that would allow that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very blessed. She lets me get away with a whole lot in the way of decorating. <laughs> so, but so coming back, um, how's you how's your Jaime Garcia treating you? You know, I'm I, I think I've mentioned on the show before. I'm not a huge torpedo fan or tapered. Uh, so this Bellicoso is not my typical go-to size of this cigar. That being said, I couldn't say a bad thing about it if you paid me to. It's just. It's really, I'm about halfway through it now, so it's really starting to open up and give me the flavors that I want, and um, it's burning nice and even all the way through. It's just uh, it's just really a great go-to cigar, and at $7.50, you know, $8, it's really hard to beat. It is. It's hard to beat the quality that the Don Pepin factory produces. They just, um, the, the one of theirs I smoked last night, the Cuban... Classic. Cuban Classic. I, would, I remember it as the Don Pepin 
black label. So I know the blue label is the Don Pepin original, which I smoked on a previous episode, and then the and then the uh, the Cuban classic. But you know, it's the blue and the black label to me always. And I'll probably be purchasing you know some of those and smoking some, one of those on the air one night, so I can just really kind of walk people through it because this the CAO. Um, Soprano cigar, the conciliary that I'm smoking. I always feel it kind of high in my mouth and up front more so than any other cigar I smoke. You know, some cigars, when I smoke them, I feel the flavor toward the back of my mouth. Some, you feel it kind of on one side or another, but this is a front-of-the-mouth cigar for me. That's a good thing Bo's not here with us tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just the the where I feel the flavor of this Brazilian wrapper is always right, almost at my canines. Yeah, it's so funny. Every time you say the name of that cigar, all I could think of is Billy Crystal and analyze this. <laughs> Have you seen that movie where he's yes. the, I'm his consigliere. Consig- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I always think of the Godfather. I always think of sitting there and um, what was the name of the conciliary for? Um, for his family. Any oh, you other... know there are so many podcast listeners screaming at their iPads right now, just oh. like, you idiots. Yeah, any other day I could tell you the uh, name of that same. actor right off the top of my head, but today I cannot. So I'm going to talk about something I know. Let's talk about seasoning your humidor. You just got your new humidor in, just got it at the house. Um, before you load it with cigars, what's your first step? Um, so the first thing you've got, to it's called seasoning. Um, basically... One of the reasons that cedar makes such a great humidor is how soft a wood it is. And that makes it very porous, and that makes it hold on to humidity really well. Now, this can be a double-edged sword if you throw your bovida pack and cigars right in there and don't do anything else, because then the the humidor itself is going to suck all the humidity out of your cigars. What you want to do is take a paper towel... um, preferably one that's kind of dust-free, like those blue shop towel paper towels are are great for this. Load it up with distilled water and wipe every conceivable surface of that thing down. Additionally, then take that aforementioned shot glass full of distilled water, set it inside, and shut the lid for at least a couple days. Yeah, oh, four or five days should do it, and resist the urge to open it. Once you, and when you wipe it down, don't let water bead on it. You're basically just cut, changing the color of the wood is all you want to do. You're not. That's why we're using a towel rather than a sponge. Right. Yeah. You don't want to soak the wood. The wood will naturally take the moisture in. You just got to give it time. And. Restating, be sure you use distilled water, not spring water, not mountain water, not Fiji water, not anything other than straight distilled water. I want to meet the guy that can afford to use Fiji water to season his humidor. (laughs) (laughs) He's a high roller. That's right. He's he's got it going. But But if you soak the, the humidor with too much water, you're going to end up warping the humidor. And then that great seal that you tested in the shop is going to be gone. And I don't use the shot glass. I always use a bowl. I I like a nice wide evaporation surface area, and that's probably makes no difference at all in the world. But for my brain, I like a bowl. Just because I want to use the term thermodynamics two days in a row, uh, <laughs> or two two podcasts in a row, um, actually that does make a difference. Um, if it all depends on time. I mean, if you're gonna if you've got the time to let it sit for a, a full week then, you know, shot glass is going to be fine. But if you're sort of in the four to three and a half to four day range before you need to, you know, give this away as a gift or do whatever you need to do with it, the the greater the surface area of the water and the atmosphere surrounding it, the greater evaporation you're going to get. So after you've seasoned the humidor, um, always buy a humidor, my opinion, with a humidistat on it that will show you what your humidity is. If you don't buy one with the humidistat on it, if that's not aesthetically pleasing to you, you can order the digital ones on Amazon for 15, 20 bucks. I'm actually gonna disagree with you on this. Those things are worthless in most cases. I've never bought a humidor with one built in that was accurate or 
Um, even if you calibrated it correctly, it still would, you know, the slightest tap would bump it out of alignment and they fluctuate so greatly. I've never had any luck with those. How cheap the digital ones are, I say you just get that, throw it in there, assuming your humidor is big enough to accommodate it, and just be done with it. And if you're using the aforementioned Zycar travel case, don't bother. Yeah, if if it's something, if it's the, those travel humidors, you don't need it because the idea behind that is that I mean, I'm I'm throwing these in there just to get to the bar, and then I'm going to smoke them, or just to get down the road to Florida, or just what whatever it is. Um, but you know, we're going to talk about aging cigars here in a minute, and that's where you really need temperature and humidity control. And I think that the digital gives you a better idea of what you're looking at well and moving forward let's talk about aging cigars all right and there's a couple of instances where i think it's really a good ideal to age your cigars one of the um instances is if it's a cigar that just hit the market yeah um along those lines or or if you're going somewhere where they're rolling cigars in house like if they're rolling them at an event or if it's a shop there's there's a shop in Austin, Texas called Babalu Cigars and they don't sell any main brands they make everything they sell in house and I love their cigars but dang it if you, took me pause a little bit dang it if you don't have to let them sit 6 or 8 months before they're ready to smoke and the you know, in Fuego in Las Vegas, it's on West Sahara. Next time you go to Vegas, take a couple of hours, go from the casino, go over to in Fuego, and have a smoke there. He's hand-rolling them. They're Dominicans, and they are wonderful. Not to mention, if you can look him up on Instagram, some of the best pictures. He's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram besides us. <laughs> Is that at he, the cigar cast? Uh, you know, really nice cars and accessories and pictures of, of um, you know, just everything that is the cigar culture. I think he's got a great brand out there and a great shop to, to go with it. Well, and I had a lot of fun because I went in there and he had his um, cigar molds in a vice and had them all cranked down. And I was asking him about why you did that and how that worked and everything and he was so outgoing yes this is this is what makes this cigar work and this is what makes this well and just such a great experience that's a great lounge next time you're in vegas take a few minutes before you lose all your money in the casino do it early (laughs) right or do what i did i I hit three of a kind on a um, three card poker hand and i had thirty dollars on the line so i took four hundred dollars over to there <laughs> and all and we shipped a whole bunch back we actually bought two boxes and a cutter and had them just shipped back to tennessee for us and since it was vegas to tennessee there was no tax there you go that's a top tip for the week yeah that was really handy but another instance where i age cigars um my parents they were down in florida and they were in miami and there was a guy just sitting outside of a storage building rolling cigars and he actually had a cuban flag hanging in front of him but okay this is where i can really show my cigar nerdness if those are not nicaraguan i'll i'll cut my leg off for you because <laughs> i guarantee you they're not cuban the flavor of the tobacco is nicaraguan yeah. I'm, I'm more sure of that than any cigar i've ever smoked but they're wonderful but when i got them they were not right and that that goes back to that you know i mean cigars need time that's similar to a cigar fresh off the market they need they need time to for the it's like a good chili or a spaghetti sauce it needs time for all the flavors to meld together so that you're going to get what it was intended to to taste like yeah and these i put them in my humidor for a year and let them set and now they're absolutely wonderful they're just a great smoke um also i used my humidor to rescue some cigars uh, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of people that tell you that once you let one go dry, that it's done for. But I've brought several back to life, and I know that a good humidor is a key in, in making that happen. Well, a friend of mine, he gave me a CAO humidor from the old days when CAO was before General bought them. And he had it was full of CAO gold Maduros. And these were dry as sawdust. I mean, they were absolutely the driest cigars I'd ever seen. And put them in my humidor. It took me a good six months to get them back to the right. And, of course, 
my now in my humidor, my large cabinet humidors, I have a mechanical humidification system. And I feel like that's really important for keeping the cigars, keeping the circulation, keeping the cigars hydrated. But they came back and the wrapper's just as oily and just as soft. I'll have to show them to you sometime before you leave. And I'll, I've been smoking them off and on. And they're just absolutely came back to life wonderfully. And that's where that's where a bigger humidor makes a big difference, though. Because you can separate them out. Because if you are going to age a cigar, you need... You need a little bit of air around it. Like, if you stack a bunch of cigars on top of each other, they're not really going to age that well. Um, at least, not in my experience. But that, like you said, that mechanical, that that uh, any humidification that you have to plug in, basically, is what we're talking about in this case. And it, it really makes a difference circulating the air, allowing them to breathe. Uh, if you if you throw a couple of dry cigars in your regular travel humidor or whatever, they're not going to come back nearly as well or nearly as quickly. Well, and they're probably going to suck the humidity out of your other cigars that are already in there. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing on humidors, let's wrap up humidors. To cellophane or not to cellophane? That is the question. Well, uh, that depends on your humidor. And what your intention with a cigar is, and we're talking about cigar aging, um, I always age cigars out of the cellophane uh, for that same reason I just mentioned, right? You know, I want them to breathe. I want them to, you know, I actually go in and rotate my cigars so that they don't get flat spots on one side for sitting too long. I've got a couple of cigars that have been sitting there aging for, I've got a Padron 64 that I've had for four years, and I've got a 26 that I've had for six years. That's the only way I remember which is which. And, uh, you know, I go in and and those don't come in cellophane, but any other time I've had a cigar that, uh, that I want to really hold on to for a while, I'm going to take it out of cellophane. And I find that when you're trying to rescue a cigar... Um, like you're talking about, that those should be out of the cellophane as well, just because it allows them to be more receptive to the humidity that you put in it. By and large, if it's not a cigar I'm going to carry with me somewhere, it comes out of the cellophane. I pretty much, when I get a box, I'm bad to just sit there and take them all out of the cellophane right then and there and move on. So much of what I smoke, I'll put part of the box aside and I'll put part of it in my travel humidor. I don't believe in putting a non-cellophane cigar in a travel humidor, if at all possible, just because number one, that foam, if you ever rub your fingers against that foam, yes, it's soft because it's foam, but it's very kind of rough. Almost abrasive. It is, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. And so that's every little jolt or movement of that travel humidor is going to eventually shear off some of the wrapper and create so i've got unfortunately i've got a cigar in my travel humidor right now that it was given to me and it didn't have cellophane on just because of the cigar it was put it in my travel humidor just to take it home forgot about it been moving around it the thing shredded oh that's that's such and i've i've smoked my share of damaged cigars because i'm too cheap to throw them away a word and I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll have my finger over one spot on the wrapper and just trying to get another draw off the cigar. My wife was like, why don't you go throw that thing away? Because I, I, I paid $11 <laughs> for this. This, <laughs> this is no longer about smoking the cigar. This is a personal challenge from me to the cigar. Who's this is me win. versus this cigar, and <laughs> I'm going to win, dang it. It's a matter of pride, but. When we talk about rescuing $11 cigars, let's talk about a cigar that you may not have to rescue. You may not be as motivated to res- rescue. Let's talk about tonight's cigar under $8. And one of these days, we're going to get really fancy on this podcast and actually have a theme song for Cigar Under $8. I was just thinking the same thing. One of these days, we're, we Straight need Straight to the moon, Alice. <laughs> something. So tonight's see tonight's cigar under eight dollars. I'm going to review the Cao Brasilia. The Cao Brasilia is akin to the Conciliary because it does have a Brazilian wrapper on it. It is a Nicaraguan binder and filler cigar, but probably one of the best go-to Caos on the market. This is a tremendous golf cigar. Just because price point is right around the six to seven dollar range, depending on the size that you get, but so it's it's cheap enough that you can share. I personally have never had one fall apart on me, 
And also, you know, this came out under the old regime of CAO and has stuck around since the general days. And the flavor really hasn't changed at all. It's still that rich, oily, full-flavored cigar that, that it has always been. Well, and okay, this is a very minor detail. The wrapper looks good, and it's eye-catching without being overly intricate. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of a one-note chord. Y- you know, it, it doesn't have... Which is, to me, is a good thing, because I don't want necessarily a wrapper that's got a whole bunch of veins in it. You know, I want it to be relatively smooth and relatively uh, uniform, and I think this gets it in spades. It's just a really good, um, like you said, golf cigar, fishing cigar, um, just cigar to have in your humidor, a utility cigar. If it gets damaged, if it falls out of your mouth, whatever happens, you're not into it for a ton of money. Um, I don't never smoke a really high-quality cigar on the golf course. One, I don't want to... I always bring plenty of cigars so that if someone with me wants to enjoy one, I can share and I don't want to share them, you know, an $8 cigar with me sitting there smoking a $25 cigar. Right. That's that's a bad showing. Yeah. To me, that's kind of, that's a little less class. I always, you know, my golf cigars, they're going to be that $8, that $10 at the most cigar. Um, like I said, my, my go-to is Underground Shade is my right. go-to golf cigar. Just they're so readily available. And that's another thing. Be sure if you're going to share a cigar with somebody. Don't share that rare special edition that you can only find when the moon is full on the third Thursday in March um, at your local shop if you know the owner real well and dated his daughter in high school. (laughs) Give them something that they can go pick one up, that they can go in the shop and say, hey, I got a shade. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, as someone who's worked behind the counter at a cigar shop, there's numerous people that come in and say, hey, have you ever heard of this cigar? And most of the time, they're talking about, I don't want to say most of the time, but there have been a lot of times. In fact, I had a guy come in, you know, shop in Brentwood, Tennessee, asked for a Florida Sun Grown. And it was, his buddy had given him one, and he didn't realize that it was something that he couldn't get anywhere. But, you know, and that's why I try not to give people the Tennessee Waltz or anything else that's, you know, because you want, if you're going to give someone a cigar, they're really going to enjoy it. Like, give them something that they can enjoy again. Right, give them, give them, teach a man to fish. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and all to to use the adage, teach a man to fish. Show him what a good cigar tastes like and something he can go to, and then let him build his experiences on from that. Um, so cigar under eight dollars tonight. Cao Brasilia. I guess it's been a night of Cao for me. I don't know. I just I had a Cao urge this morning when I got up. Well, I'll tell you what. I wish I could still find the CAO Maduro, the box press Maduro that they used to make, because that was one of my really early favorite cigars. Uh, you know, it's but it's funny because you know even as ownerships change and blends change and all these things, like they still put out quality cigars. And you can even if you can't find it from the same manufacturer, you can go to somebody else and find. It's the thrill of the hunt is really really exciting for me. Yeah, and the the ultimate conclusion of the hunt is when you've bagged the cigar and you get to sit and smoke it. You get to sit and enjoy that. Um, you know, now CAO, not all of their marketing ideals are brilliant. Um, one event, they gave out a nine-pack of cigars that you couldn't get. I mean, they, they had just plain white wrappers with their names on them, and I've still got that nine-pack. I've yet to smoke one because I'm scared I'm going to smoke one. It's going to be the best cigar I ever tasted, and I'm never going <laughs> to get another. And then you're only going to have eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'll only have eight left. So um, that's, a, that's a piece of marketing that didn't make any sense to me. I don't know if they were cleaning out the warehouse and said, hey, let's do this, or what happened there. But there's something about that that I know I really like uh, to a certain element, and and you know, we talk about Tatawahe and how they do the limited run, the Monster Series, and the things like that. Like, there's something about a cigar that you can only get once that's really thrilling, as long as you're someone who's into it for a hobby. You know, you, I'd, I'd hate to be the guy that just smoked my first, you know, CAO Moon Trance, and I go into a CAO event, and I buy this not knowing if I'm going to like it or not, and then end up loving it and can't get it again. But if you're in, you know, if you're going to age a cigar, if you're going to do something like that, I, th- I think there's something really, really exciting about that. Well, and it is nice to have a special, you know, a special occasion cigar. I actually still have 
a cigar in my humidor that one of my buddies gave me when his daughter was born. His daughter was born, and he was handing out cigars, and he handed it to me. And, of course, it was a it was a Swisher Sweet or something, one of the It's a Girl packs. <laughs> you know, it's got pink writing on it. So, of course, I wasn't going to smoke that. But I've still got it in my humidor. Um, and she's like 10 years old now. I may, have to oh, wow. sm- I may have to smoke it when she turns 18. I'd love to know what an 18-year-old <laughs> It's a Girl tastes like. <laughs> and I, it, It'll be a once-in-a-lifetime experience, I'm sure. One way or the other. <laughs> yeah. So, um, going on, what else is going on in the cigar world? What else have you found? I'm putting him on the spot. You see, I'd love to do this. Okay, let's go this way. Would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Uh, duck-sized horses all day long. A hundred ta- of them would be all day long. Well, you're talking to probably the way... It's so funny. I was telling the story last night, actually. Uh, you might be talking to the only person who's ever been bit by a duck and has the scar to prove it. <laughs> Ducks are mean. So one of my favorite comedians, just to derail the podcast for a moment... Um, Eddie Azard, and he has this whole chunk about Noah's Ark and, you know, two of every animal. And he says, what about the ducks? He says, there's got to be a load of evil ducks out there because they're like, I don't see what all this kerfuffle is about. We normally swim down here. We'll swim up here. Like, it's, And so I think there are a load of evil ducks out there. So a horse-sized duck freaks me the hell out. Trey's going home tonight and having nightmares about horse-sized ducks. I probably will now. Thank you. <laughs> no, not, not to jump the rails, but well, let's wrap it up then. Since we've since we've got to the point that we're talking about horse-sized ducks, let's wrap it up um, for this week. You had the Jaime Garcia. I had the Conciliary. We talked about the CAO Brazil. Uh, please remember to send us pictures of your humidor. Facebook.com slash the cigarcast. Instagram. And Twitter at The Cigar Cast. Also, info at The Cigar Cast if you want to drop us an old-fashioned email. Sounds good. We'll talk to you next week.